I met the father of my children in a trip I took to Puerto Rico. Um, we started dating. A couple months later, I got pregnant. So I went to live with him. Um, their beliefs are more in the in the Satanism, so witches and warlocks. So when my son is born, because of their beliefs, they asked me to baptize him in a Satanic temple, which I know now is a Satanic temple, but I didn't know back then. And I see coming into my room, this big, big, dark, dark shadow. But at the other corner of my room, there was this light. And when I was laying down, I was like, I'm supposed to pray, let me just call on Jesus. I was gonna put my hands together, my hands froze. When I was gonna say something, I just felt like someone muffled me and my whole body just froze, what we call sleep paralysis. I sat in my bedroom at night. I opened up the Bible and I start praying. And I said, Lord, if you have a purpose for me, if you created me, if I'm here for a reason, I need to know because I'm lost. I was rejected at conception. My mother was in her early 20s and she had three children. They were all small under the age of five. And um, when she found out that she was expecting another children, she tried home remedies to have an abortion. Obviously it didn't work. Um, I grew up in a very abusive household. My dad was very abusive, mentally, emotionally, um, mostly physically with my mom and at times with us as well. Um, we weren't Christians, we weren't religion. Religion was not a topic at our home. Um, we were only Catholics by like tradition, but not because we attended the church or um, there was any religious practice at our home. Since I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, you know, it was four of us, plus my mom and dad, you know, we had, a really hard time financially. So by the time that I was six, my parents started traveling back and forth to the United States and seek of a better life. By the time we were 10, they decided to finally stay in the United States. So we used to live in New Jersey. In this season of our lives, I'm in, I'm in my early teenage. There's still a lot of abuse going on in the, in the household. But you know, when you're in your teens, you're more aware of what's really going on. My mom never seeked help. She never asked for help. Nobody really knew like what was going on inside of our home. Just us four and then my 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 mom and dad. Um, you know, my dad used to just get drunk and and then my mom used to just get beat, basically. And we would always try to like get in the way of like helping my mom and like my dad stay away from my mom. In this season, um, my older sister, you know, was the first one. She got uh, a boyfriend, she got married and left the house. And then my brother, which is the second, he was old enough, but he got away with a lot of things because he was a boy. My sister, she also, you know, left with her boyfriend and left the house. So I'm basically like the only one in this season where I'm like home. And I became rebellious because I felt abandoned. You know, I was the only one left at home. Very rebellious to the point where I'm like, I'm like talking back and, you know, all the abuse that I saw was affecting me to a point where now I'm being verbally like abusive, if I can say, you know, eventually I met the father of my children in a trip I took to Puerto Rico. Um, we started dating. Long behold, a couple months later, I got pregnant. So I went to live with him. Yami, how old were you um, during this time? By this time, I'm already 17 years old. I got pregnant around 17. So I'm 17 years old. So I finished high school, I graduated high school, and then I'm still pregnant. So 
I moved to Puerto Rico with the father of my children. They have other beliefs. Um, their beliefs are more in the, in the Satanism, so witches and warlocks. I grew up around that, but I didn't, it was normal. So like, same thing as Catholic by tradition, it was like witchcraft and all of that was normal in our surroundings. Like it wasn't something that you would identify as, oh, that's bad or, oh, that's good. You know, it was just, it's like another religion, basically. It was never something that was deemed as something bad. So, you know, when I got with him, it was, I know now that it's conviction from the Holy Spirit. I always try to stay away from whatever they practice. But, um, of course, um, with him, so I'm kind of in a way or another involved in all of this. So when my son is born, by tradition, we baptize him in a Catholic church. And because of their beliefs, they asked me to baptize him in a satanic temple which I know now is a satanic temple, but I didn't know back then. I was 17. I was naive. I was young. We went to this place and we baptized him. Six months later, you know, we had a lot of issues with his family. So we decided to come back to the United States. When I come back to the United States, I start working at a Colombian bakery. And um, so happened that the owner of the Colombian bakery, he, he was a Christian. He was a Christian leader. And um, this is the first time that I ever heard about Jesus. I've never heard about Jesus before. And I remember every time he used to talk about Jesus, I used to be in awe. And I will make sure that I get the bakery clean and everything is done before, you know, my time is up so I can sit down and we can have coffee and talk about Jesus. I remember vividly, there was this one time where he told me about the resurrection of Jesus. And when he told me about the resurrection of Jesus, I was in awe and I said, Jesus came back to life on the third day? And this man started crying and weeping. And I thought I did something wrong. And I said, oh my God, what did I do wrong? And he said, give me a second. He left. And when he came back, he said, I am so sorry. It's just, I didn't know that there's still people out there who don't know Jesus. I'm too new to, to, to this, so I didn't quite understand what he meant by that, you know? So I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, you know, again, religion, nothing, no Jesus, no nothing. We only knew there was God that was good. That's it. But there was never like any religious upbringing in, in our lives. So I remember one time my son came to the bakery. The father of my children, he came with my son to the bakery. He had um, what we call a uh, manita de sabache. He had it in his neck. And I remember him going up to me and saying, hey, why do you have that on him? And I said, oh, it's for protection. And he looked at me and said, don't you think Jesus can protect him? I'm still new to, to the faith, so I didn't quite understand. But I kind of felt like he was such a, a leader in whatever he, he talked. So whatever he said to me, I took it. So I quickly went and I took it out and I, you know, I threw it away. And then there was another time, my son is one at this time, he's one year old. My son is not talking, he's not really crawling, he's not walking. I would say he was like very, very slow in everything he was doing. So the second time that he went to the bakery, my boss, he came up to me and said, hey, I wanna ask you a question. And I said, yes. And he said, I see in the spirit your son in a cage. And then he asked me, is there any type of prayer upon him? Because 
I, I keep seeing him in this cage in the spirit. And I was like, well, I mean, I baptized him in a satanic temple. And when I told this man this, you know, he was like, oh my God, oh my God, we have to pray for him. And I said, I, what's going on? He was like, he gave me a little prayer. He wrote it down and he said, pled the blood of Jesus over your son and pray for him every night. Every night, pray for him. And I did this consistently for about a week. My son started walking. It was like he came back to life. And to me, it was like, wow. Like, it was the first time that I ever saw firsthand, like, wow, the power of Jesus. But since I was so new in the faith, I didn't kind of comprehend that, you know? I eventually stopped working at the bakery and I wasn't going to church. I was only taking what he was telling me. I would go to church very rare when I felt down and I felt like, oh my God, you know how when you go to church on Sundays and it feels good, the word feels good. I hated the worship part. I will always go 30 minutes late because I knew the worship was 30 minutes and I just wanted, I just wanted to go hear the word cry and then go back home to the same, the same misery I was living, right? So in this season where I no longer had, you know, active conversations with him, it was like one of the, one of the hardest seasons of my life and one of the darkest. Again, I was very abusive with my words. I was very rebellious and I brought into the relationship. The father of my children was also very abusive. At times, you know, my life was at risk, but I didn't know how to speak up because growing up, I saw my mom going through it and she never spoke up. So I didn't know what speaking up meant. So I never spoke up about what I was going through. So not even my family knew what I was going through. I remember vividly this one time I just felt like I could, couldn't take it anymore. I got on my knees. It was a Sunday. And I got on my knees and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, please take me out of here. I don't want to be here. My life was in danger. I wanted to get out, but I was being threatened. Um, so I started contemplating suicidal because I felt like the only way out of what I was going through was killing myself because I don't know how to ask for help. I don't know what that is. I don't know who can help me, you know? Um, this is also something I saw around. So I didn't have like role models that I can look up to and say, hey, everything's gonna be all right. Everyone around me had basically the same lifestyle and they were living in it and they were not seeking the help. So I didn't know what seeking help meant. And I remember I got on my knees and I said, Lord, please help me. Take me out of this relationship. And it was nothing but the grace of God that I know now, I had a conversation with the father of my children and I said, I need to leave this relationship. And for the first time, he understood, we separated. And in this season, from the age of 18 to the age of 24, you know, I was always in this relationship. I didn't really experience like worldly freedom, if you can say. So by the time we broke up, when I had my own place, I went wild. I started smoking marijuana. I started drinking. I started partying. I started doing things that I've never, never did before. And I realized that I felt so empty and I thought leaving this relationship would make me feel better, but it didn't. It didn't at all. It, I felt more empty. I felt more lost. I felt more depressed. I couldn't sleep at night. I was to a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to go start going back to church. I start going back to church every Sunday. And again, skipping the worship because I still didn't like it. And there was this one Sunday I skipped church and I went to a lake with uh, some family members. 
And this lake, I sat down. When I sat down, I kept looking at everyone around me. And I just felt like this emptiness. And I felt what I know now is the Holy Spirit telling me, you don't belong here. I kept looking at everyone and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I felt like lost. Like, I'm like odd. Like, I didn't belong where I was at in that moment. Like, I shouldn't have been there. I never known the Bible. So that night I said, Lord, I honestly don't know you. I have no idea who you are. I opened up Amazon. I ordered a Bible for the first time. That was a Sunday. When I arrived on Tuesday, I remember I sat in my bedroom at night and I opened the Bible and I said, God, I have no idea what it says in this Bible. People say that when you read this, they go crazy. So we kind of like, I was kind of afraid of reading it because that's, you grow up, you know, hearing that, oh, when you read the Bible, you go crazy. I opened up the Bible and I start praying and I said, Lord, if you have a purpose for me, if you created me, if I'm here for a reason, I need to know because I'm lost. I'm depressed. I can't sleep. So from the time that I was living alone to the time I found Jesus was only about like a month and a half. So all of this happened within like a month and a half, me drinking, smoking, going out. I needed substance to go to sleep because I couldn't sleep. I would be so depressed at night. I needed something to go to sleep. So this night I opened the Bible when I arrived and I said, Jesus, I need to know why you created me. If I have a purpose, I need to know. And my life never was the same after that night. I remember that night I slept. The next day I got in my word again and I felt like everything I read in the Bible, I would get up and go out and I would like see it everywhere. And I'm like, that's weird. Like I just read that, you know? And I just felt like, I'm like, Lord, are you talking? Like, is this how you talk? I don't know you. So I was trying to figure out who's Jesus, who's God, what is he trying to tell me? What is he trying to do in my life? And I remember I started giving people words of wisdom and words of knowledge that I, it was like something beyond me. Cause I'm like, this is not, I would talk to people and tell them things that I didn't know about them, but I was so, I guess I was so desperate to know Jesus that he started using me without me even knowing. I remember this one night and this was the first time I was in my bedroom at night and I've never, never seen black shadows or none of that. And I was laying down and I have a nightlight on for my kids. And I see coming into my room, this big, big, dark, dark shadow. But at the other corner of my room, there was this light. And when I was laying down, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to pray. I said, I'm supposed to pray. Let me just call on Jesus. When I was going to get out of the bed to start praying, my legs froze. So I was going to put my hands together. My hands froze. When I was going to say something, I just felt like someone muffled me and I couldn't speak. And my whole body just froze, what we call sleep paralysis. And I remember that night, all I can think about is the light, a shadow. And I kept saying in my my head, I said, Jesus, Jesus, I pled the blood of Jesus. And I just kept, kept calling on the name of Jesus because I really didn't know. And I didn't have a church, so I didn't have anyone guiding me at that very moment. While I'm experiencing this, I start like vomiting and then I, I pass out. So when I wake up and I look at my, at, my, at my sheets, there is no vomit. And I was like, I vomited. Like this happened to me, but there wasn't anything on me physically. So I knew it was spiritual. And to me, it was like mind blowing because I'm just learning Jesus and finding out as well that, oh, this is a whole new world. Like what is going on? 
And I remember in this moment, in this season, my sister was in Puerto Rico and she was attending to this church. And I kept writing to her and I said, Hey, like, I'm going through all of this. I don't know. I keep having all these, all these visions, all these dreams. I see demons drowning. I see people running after me. I keep experiencing sleep paralysis. I'm like, there's so much happening. I keep giving people words of wisdom. I'm like, I think I'm driving crazy. Like, I don't know what is this. And then she was like, well, let me ask my pastor if she, if you can talk to her so you can see what's going on. Cause I've never experienced that. So I don't know what you're going on. What's going on with you? She gave me her number and we exchanged um, words and I told her everything I was experiencing. And I remember her just smiling at me and said, she said, welcome to the kingdom. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand, you know? I kept experiencing all of this. And then I, I, I found a church. I went to, a, uh, I started congregating in this church um, in Philly. I was just on fire for the Lord. I kept going on like my social media platforms and sharing every day, like what the Lord was doing, which to me was crazy too, because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just talking. I remember in this church, I started experiencing it was physical deliverance, you know, or manifestations of my own body. But I didn't have like a close connection to the pastors. It was more of like I was congregating. Um, they did a woman's retreat. And in this woman's retreat, you know, I went, we spent the whole day and I felt like more freedom. And after we got, I got baptized. So after I got baptized, you know, I would have, you would think the things would have got like better, but I felt like it just got more intense to me. I'm like, Lord, I love it. I'm being blessed. I'm happy. I have joy. I sleep, but I don't understand this. I don't understand this spiritual stuff still. And I felt like I needed leadership, but I, the church I was going it was hard to like get in contact with the actual pastors. I stopped going to the church and I just started seeking the Lord on my own. I started fasting. I started my fasting life. I started praying. I started waking up at three o'clock in the morning just to meet the Lord. Then the Lord started speaking to me more vividly and more clear. In this season, he told me that I needed to have an Abrahamic moment where I was. He no longer wanted me. He wanted to take me out of New Jersey. He blessed me with a brand new home here in Florida. The way everything went was like effortlessly and the Lord was glorifying himself in every single step of the way of me purchasing this house. Before I moved down here, I remember I went to, I went to a Christian concert. And when I was in this concert, I remember that I was just so in love with Jesus. You know, like I'm in a season where Jesus is doing so much in my life. I I have joy. I'm just so in tune with the Spirit of God. I can hear Him so clear, you know, and I'm just walking this walk. I'm learning more, and I'm in awe with Jesus. And in this Christian concert, I remember when me and my best friend got there, we had bought VIP, but we were a little late because we were helping someone outside. Um, his car got had got stuck, so we were helping him. So when we get inside, there was literally two seats in the front row. And we were like, okay, then that's for us. Let's go. In this Christian concert, when the worship starts, you know, we start worshiping. I just feel the spirit of the Lord just, just come upon me. I start praying for people and people are falling. I, I just started going to people's ears and telling them words that the Lord was giving to me. But again, like to me, like I, I've experienced deliverance, but like me actually putting hands on people that was like something different to me because I'm like, oh my God, like me too. Like I can do this too. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I remember 
sitting there and I literally sat down and I said, wow, Jesus, like, wow, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because to me, it was like out of my imagination. Like I couldn't believe that the Lord was just moving so powerfully. It was like mind blowing. Wow. That's incredible. Like (laughs) just hearing you talk about that, I'm like, man, like (laughs) Jesus. So like, just to kind of bring it back to something like, so throughout all of this, you're experiencing all of this supernatural stuff. What what about your family? How did they react? Like, were they seeing like change in you at all? Like your parents and stuff like that? Yes. So with my family, um, it was the most like happiest and also saddest moment because they saw that I was changing, but they didn't understand. While I'm experiencing all of this and I'm saying all of this, they're seeing the change in me because I'm no longer aggressive with, with, you know, my words, you know, I'm just following Jesus, you know, and love crazy about Jesus. And they didn't really understand what was going on. So I had a season of separation with my family where I know you don't understand, but I can't stop, you know? So I went a season of like, separation where I still had contact with them, but I was no longer in like the family parties. I was no longer spending as much time with them as I should. And every time I did, all I kept talking about was was Jesus. And in the season, like they didn't really understand. So they would just look at me and kind of think I was crazy. That's where I was in the season with with me and my family. We weren't, I kind of had to like leave them on the side a little bit and just allow them to just watch. That's, that's where I was at. And so what happened next, like after this concert and then you're here in Florida, the Lord opened up the doors for you to come here, right? Yes. Yes. I come down here, but when I come down here, I started going through a season of healing that I didn't expect because I'm in a high with Jesus. So when it came to a season of separate, actual physical separation from my family, where now we're not 15 minutes away, we're, you know, an airplane or multiple hours apart, I started going through a season of healing where the Lord started revealing to me things of my childhood that I needed healing from. And it was very hard for me because I still didn't have a church and I didn't have family around. I was still seeking the Lord desperately. So I kept going to churches, but I felt like, I felt like every time I went to a church, well, the church that I visited personally, like the spirit of the Lord was just caged up, you know? And I was seeking more freedom. I was seeking healing, you know? And so finally, I reached here to KOG. And I remember when I first came here, they received me with open arms and a big smile and big hugs. And I was like, this is it, you know? And I talked to my pastor, to the pastor, and I said, I'm actually here because I want to serve and submit. I need a spiritual mom. I need to grow more in my, in my walk. And I kind of been doing this alone for a very long time, but I need leadership, you know, I need wisdom. And that's when I came to KOG. And she took me through, you know, my healing. Um, We started having like everyday calls and she took me through my healing and my, um, my breakthrough. And I'm here now at KOG with the father of my children. We now hold, we now hold a cordial relationship. You know, we co-parenting very well. My sisters are now walking their faith and their husbands also came to Christ. Wow. Um, still God. praying for the rest of the family. But, you know, everyone is, you know, coming to the faith. Uh, I have multiple friends that that have gotten closer to Jesus just because 
they tell me it's like just the way the way you love Jesus like I want that and you know they have come to the faith because of seeing me not only sharing my journey but actually living my faith so that's where I'm at today wow Yami praise God that's amazing just to kind of touch back a little bit you mentioned the Lord took you through this season of like healing, Mm -hmm. right? Could you kind of talk a little bit about like what that process like looked like for you? Yeah. So um, when I came to Florida and again, I had a home, brand new home. I had my kids. I had a physical stability, but I still felt a bit of sorrow and emptiness in my heart. And I didn't know that until I got to that place where I was literally isolated. The Lord started revealing to me how I'm not only your savior, but I am your healer. And I want to go in those wounds that you have from childhood that you experimented also and you went through in this relationship. And I want you to know that that was not okay, but I was there and I want to help you and I want to redeem you. So I went through a season where I had to learn what forgiveness was and I had to walk that out, you know, because when I moved out, and I was with the father of my children, I kind of did like a separation from like my parents. So although they were there, we didn't have like a really good relationship because again, I, I blamed them for what I went through. And the Lord was teaching me that they themselves dealt with things, you know, and that I had to forgive them for they not know what they're do- doing, you know? So I went through a season of forgiving my parents rebuilding that relationship with my parents, where my parents now, they come visit whenever they want frequently. You know, I'm able to talk and have conversations with my parents, mostly about God, because that's really all I can talk about. I also went through a season of healing from and forgiving, you know, the father of my children for everything that I've experienced in, in that relationship. Not not only was was I a victim, but he was a victim, you know, acknowledging my mistakes, but also his. And the Lord really just took me through this growing season where it's like love above all else. Like, I want you to love, you know, I want you to forgive. And I want you to know that I love them just like I love you. And they need me just like I need you. And the Bible does say it's like, you have to be willing to like leave everyone, father, mother, everyone. And one saves the family. So that's what I felt like the Lord was really pushing me like, and entrusting me with like the salvation of like, hey, like I have people that need you to be healed so they can get healed. So um, the Lord took me through that. Um, I was mourning with the Lord. It was season of mourning with the Lord. That's what that felt like. Wow, beautiful. Yami, who is Jesus to you? (laughs) Oh my God, Jesus, everything. He's my healer, my provider, my savior, my redeemer, the love of my life, everything, my master my Lord. He's everything to me. I would not, there's nothing outside of Jesus that I would want or want. Jesus has become absolutely everything to me. Yami, for those people who find themselves um, in the midst of witchcraft, in a similar situation where you weren't aware of what was happening um, with your boyfriend's family, you know, taking your son to the satanic church, not knowing what was going to happen or what you were doing. What advice would you give them today? Bible says people perish for lack of knowledge. Anything that you do, seek and you will find. You will find not only answers, but truth. In that season, maybe I was too naive to seek, but if we will take the time more to actually know what really is, 
if I would have taken the time to know what really was I doing, not only my children, but involving myself with, I would have known that it wasn't godly, it wasn't good, and it was pure evil. And it didn't matter how people try to, you know, masquerade it as as good. At the end of the day, evil is evil, you know? So I would say seek. Make sure that you're seeking not only God first, but also learning what are, what is that you're doing, you know? Like, before you go and say yes to all this, you know, especially now new age and witchcraft and, and involving yourself in things that you really don't know and you're doing it for, let's say, healing, seek what it really is, you know? But above all else, the answer is Jesus. So seek Jesus. And not only will he give you truth, but he will give you a way and life. Yami, do you have any last words for the people watching your testimony right now? I would say that it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what background you come from, what you've been through, how hard it's been, how dark it's been, who has been against you. Even if that is your family, there's a way, there's a life, and it's found in Jesus, and there's healing, and there's redemption. It's beautiful on this other side. Yami, could you please pray for those who are watching your testimony right now? Sure. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you touch the hearts of everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, that your spirit will meet them wherever they're at right now, Father, in their sorrow, Father, in their most darkest moments, Father, in their brokenness, Father. You're the God that heals, Father. You're the God that restores. You're the God that shows truth in a way, Father. So I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, you cover everyone under the blood, under the sound of my voice with the blood of Jesus, Father, and that you will meet them, Father, wherever they at, that they will sense you and they will feel you and they will know that it's you, Father. And even in the midst of everything that's going on, you will show up for them in so many supernatural ways that they just can't run away from the truth of it being you, Father, that you encounter their, their hearts, Father, their souls, their spirits, move it so they can know who you are and they can come to you, Father, that they can thirst for you, Father, and seek you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.